show where a nerd fits in. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Toys, movies, comics, and so much more. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And the more that you listen, the more that you know. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Streets of San Francisco. A Quinn Martin production. Starring Carl Malden. Also starring... Jamie! I got one night! Jamie! Tonight's episode, Mr. Nobody. And that's me. Welcome to this episode 1026. It is a Tuesday edition of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi there. I am your host, Patrick Riley. Quite a good scene, isn't it? One man crazy, three very sane spectators. And one of those sane spectators is right next to me, and that is Kimmy. She is my witch. Yeah, she's just like Sam, Samantha on Bewitched. It's Kimmy. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. I guess that makes me sort of like Dagwood. Yeah. I guess that makes me like Darren Stevens. I, I'm going to be the first version of Darren Stevens, not that second version. Oh, okay. Yeah, the first one I, I really does. <laughs> the second one, you know, it's kind of forgettable. Uh-huh. Not to insult him or anything, but okay. Know, yeah. I, I, I don't even know why they, you know, since the actor who played it first did not pass away or something, the reason he could not do the role, he actually had to quit was because of physical pain. Uh, he was in pain for a great portion of shooting Bewitch. Most people didn't realize that. Mm. And... He eventually, you know, it was enough was enough and he couldn't continue. But they could have actually, I think, shot a scene where Endora like changed him. Oh, and, yeah. And, and just, yeah. Or, or, you know, Maurice changed him. Mm hmm. Or something happened. He, you know, Uncle Arthur did something. It could that, and then just left it that way. Mm hmm. May have been more acceptable. Mm hmm. I wonder if back then it was even noticeable. Yeah. You know, because they didn't run the shows that often. Uh-huh. You know, I saw it, you know, first run and then in the summer of the repeats, there wasn't video recorders. Yeah. So I, I, uh, that's a pretty major character to just change. Yeah, it wasn't like Tiger on the Brady Bunch. That mm-hmm. just Nobody ever referred to Tiger anymore. Yeah. Tiger's gone. Tiger's doghouse out there. The kids are in it. But, and if you want to find out what the kids were doing in the doghouse, read the, you know, like Greg Brady's story mm. i want to play greg brady i think that's in uh, his biography his autobiography if i remember correctly if you are listening for the very first time you found the place for nerd talk that's right nerd variety show is what the riley and kimmy show is we have a daily you heard right a brand new daily episode all the time and we never miss an episode that's right right kimmy mm-hmm. we offer pop culture escapism be sure to tell your friends about us and follow us on social media find out exactly where we're going to be at next a uh, lot of things are you know that's one of the really cool things about living in florida uh we don't freeze out uh when it comes to doing anything uh when summer comes to a conclusion it just keeps on going 
quite a bit of uh, pop culture events are going to be happening clear into the end of the year, and I'm, I'm excited to almost be able to announce something's going to be happen horror-related in the month of December, according to my sources. Mm. And now, I cannot reveal exactly, but those who follow the Riley and Kimmy show might know exactly what I'm talking about. Something horror is coming in, well... By the end of the year. Mm-hmm. That's all I could say, right? Okay. Officially? Yeah. Because you know what I'm talking about I here. I do. But I can't. I mean, we have our sources out there. And one of them contacted us just before sitting down for this episode and said, it's going to happen unconfirmed, blank, blank. And I'd already been trying to seal that down, confirmed 100%, and possibly get one of the promoters on the show mm-hmm. to talk about that. So we'll keep you updated with that uh, 100%. Stay stay tuned with us, if you will. Uh, lock into us social media-wise. We'll be posting that horror update. Uh, when it happens, this will be after Halloween, too. Mm-hmm. Th- this thing we're talking about. Yes. And for Halloween, by the way, we will be celebrating Halloween in Florida, in Tampa, in Tampa Bay. Hall- uh, Halloween weekend, that is. We will be with Megacon Tampa Bay. Check that out. Uh, they have just a ton of fun that's going to be happening, right, Kimmy? Uh-huh. And more details about Megacon at MegaconTampaBay.com. And you can find out where we're going and all those kind of things and links to our social media on our website. And what is that, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com. Yes, it is. Now, Kimmy, it's a Tuesday, October... Uh, I, I got to flip the calendar. October 18th. We have one of those old flippy-type calendars here mm-hmm. in the studio. It's October 18th. There we go. And would you like to play Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia today? Yeah. We'll be asking Kimmy some questions, uh, nerd-related, that is. Pop culture-related, and maybe some history. What You know, that's kind of fun. She loves history so much. No mathematics, no geometry, no geology. And no, uh, what else is it? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> what a, uh, well, also spelling restrictions unless she can Man. actually write them down, right? Sure. Genealogy is the other one I was trying to think of. This I don't doesn't know. really make sense. What's the G's? Geography, okay. genealogy, and geometry. Okay. I can't think of any other G, can you? Mm, no. Okay. Are you ready? Geology. I said geology. You did. Yeah, I did. See, that's one of the problems we have with Kimmy. She doesn't always pay attention. So you can ask her a question two or three times with nerd and pop culture trivia. You might get all kinds of answers. Who knows? Because she'll forget she even asked the question. Now she's wondering, has he done that before? Possibly I have. So pay attention on this one, Kimmy. <laughs> make sure make sure you're uh, you're all rested and ready to go, right? Mm-hmm. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, as they say? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Here we go. It's a Tuesday, October 18th. The first thing on the list we will not be asking about. It's just a history type of thing. Notable, it was 1767. The Mason-Dixon line was agreed upon. It was a boundary between Maryland and Pennsylvania. It was on this date in 1842. Samuel Morris put down the first telegraph cable. It was on this date, 1867. The United States took formal possession of Alaska from Russia. The land was purchased at a total of $7 million. Now for fun, Kimmy. What does that come out to per acre? And I will tell you this much. It's under a dollar an acre. It's in pennies. How many pennies per acre does that come to? Um, Ten. It comes to two cents per acre. Okay. That's what they purchased Alaska 
1874. Wow. Yes, 1873, the first rules for intercollegiate football were drawn by the representatives from Rutgers, Yale, Columbia, and Princeton universities. It was 1892, the first long-distance telephone line between Chicago and New York City was opened. Now, I, I would think that would be, well, think about it, 1892. That had to be an engineering nightmare, putting a cable all the way from Chicago to New York. Now, you know how I am just putting cables a few feet when we make an appearance. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't want me putting down that cable. No. No, that been tangled cable everywhere. Would have been. Oh, yeah. That been, oh, yeah, that been really. That would have been a mess. That been a big mess. Wow, they didn't have me, that's for sure. It was on this date, 1898, the American flag was raised in Puerto Rico only one year after the Caribbean nation won its independence from Spain. Moving over to 1943, the first broadcast of Perry Mason was presented on CBS Radio. Now, that would go to television. Kimmy, give me the year that Perry Mason would go to TV and be a hit. 1952. 1957, who played Perry Mason on television? Raymond Burr. That's right. And what was his next big role? Ironside. <laughs> That's right. And I take it you watched both of those. Um, More Ironside than... Oh, shame on you. You yeah. didn't watch Perry Mason? Uh-uh. Oh, I watched Perry Mason only for the reason because uh, a tiny TV station in the Prairie Land where I grew up, for some reason, late at night, ran Perry Mason. And because I did not sleep as a child, Perry Mason was one of those things I watched. So I saw things that most kids growing up my age were not, you know, subject to. But yeah, I like the early years, especially of Perry Mason. Now, now when he went to color, it did go to color. Most people don't realize that. Hmm. There's a, yeah, it was like, it's one of those, it's jumped the shark by that time. Hmm. It was on this date, Texas Instrument announces the first transistor radio, Kimmy. That means, you know, no tubes at all. First transistor radio, you know, where would... Gilligan B, remember he has that famous scene, you know, walking around on the island with a transistor radio. What year did that transistor radio by Texas Instrument, when was it announced? 1948. 1954 is when that happened. It was on this date in 1956 that the NFL, the commissioner of the NFL, Burt Bell, disallowed the use of radio-equipped helmets by quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, I find that amazing that they had radio-equipped helmets in 1956. Yeah. Did they have cables running out of the back of their... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I mean, how did that work? Mm. And, I mean, in the, the helmet's the same size? And what kind of concussion, you know, it taking impact with a radio in there? I wow, I that. didn't know that ever existed. Neither did I. 1956, that happened. There you go, a little sports trivia with Kimmy. It was on this date, Kimmy. Now, pay attention here. I will not tell you where this occurred because that would be too much of a tip of the time. Give me the year the first computer-arranged marriage took place. The year. 1994. It was, Kimmy. 1958. The first computer-arranged marriage took place on the Art Linkletter Show. What? Yes. Remember, they had like Univac and computers like that. Those things were like the sizes of houses. Okay. And I think I recall some very, I think probably in the 60s, certain sitcoms may have started touching on that. There might have been an I Love Lucy, not I Love Lucy, but the Lucy show or one of the other spinoffs of Lucy uh, where she and her friend did a computer dating thing. I'm not quite 
it, it, it's vaguely there. Hmm. So 1958 Art Link Letter, one of Kimmy's favorite shows of all time. I'm kidding. Never seen it. Well, we were talking about the board game before, remember? The Art Link Letter oh, yeah, board yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. We, we do not want that game. No. I do collect board games, but I, I don't want that. Yeah, one. I remember seeing that up on our back port, uh, front porch. The Art Link Letter game. Yes. You lucky child. Under you. a bunch of dust. That's where it should have stayed. It I, did. <laughs> although, you know what? That, that Art Link Letter game probably is worth, who knows how much? A lot, right? We could trade it in for something that we like. And yeah. Want. You should have grabbed it. Shame on you. Mm. We have to get that TARDIS going so we can go back in time and grab that thing. So on this date, Kimmy, the Jackson 5 made their United States television debut on ABC. Give me the year. 1971? 1969. Mm. On a TV show called Hollywood Palace. It was on this date, 1969, the United States government banned artificial sweeteners due to the evidence that they caused cancer. It was on this date, give me the year, after 34 years, the final issue of Look Magazine was published. 1978. 1971. Did you ever look at Look? Mm-mm. Was, was Look in your house, do you know? Mm, nope. No Look. What about Life? Yes. Life, but not Look. Right. You're not talking about the game of life. I know. Did you play the game of life, by the way? Yeah. With whom? Since you had no friends as a child, you tell me. Did you play by yourself? No. I had friends. That would play the game of life with you. Mm-hmm. Now, I've never played that game. I just remember it coming on TV, the commercial with the game of life. Is this the one where, you know, or was that Mystery Date? Was that a game show, Mystery Date, board game? Yeah. I just, oh, so there were two different things. The game of life wasn't Mystery Date. No. What was the game of life just in a summary? What is it? Was well, it was you, it a game for both? Uh, you know, you get a car and you're a peg, and then you, your name's Peg, like Peggy. No, you you're a, you put a, a, a token, a little peg in the car, oh. and that's you. You're driving the car oh, okay. through the game of life, and you land on these things, and like you get married, and then you have kids, and you go through all these fun things, bankruptcy, and that's fun. You know, the ba- game of life. So it it wasn't it wasn't geared just for girls. It was for either, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. I thought it was just a girls' game. No, you you spin the spinner and oh. and then you go along and you get out do all those things. I don't know if you ever got divorced. I don't think you did. You know, I th- I don't think that was an option in the game of life. I think we need to find a game of life, Kimmy, and maybe we should play that. Wouldn't that be fun? Get a bunch of people to play the game of life. Hmm. We could have fun. You know, we know some crazy cats like Mark B. Lee play the game of life. Sure. I think that'd be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe have a game of life game. Maybe at uh, one of our favorite haunts. You know, there's a couple of them. Hey, you favorite haunt people that are listening. <laughs> that could be kind of fun. Yeah. A game of life game. Now, is this one that could go on forever? That has, there's, there's a, I, the old commercial had a had a song too. Uh, Do you want me to find it? I can real quick here. If you stall, Kimmy, keep going. Maybe I can find it. Hold on, just uh, do us a little stall thing on the show. Give me a few seconds here. Do, do, do. Come on, stall. Yeah, I, I remember playing that though with uh, one of my some of my friends, and it was like, oh, you know, giggling about getting married and having kids and. Oh, that's that's something to giggle about. Oh yeah. You're not yeah, stalling very well that's, here. That's I'm just trying to think of what else was on that game board. Yeah, you get a job, you uh, get a raise, you get um, 
I think bankruptcy was in there. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It was just like whoever finished first was, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Finishing the game of life first, you're the winner. You're not dead. <laughs> All right, Kimmy. Because Kimmy wanted it, here. <laughs> You're not dead. You play. You you won first, but you're dead. That's how you win. I mean, shouldn't you be the shouldn't the last one to finish the game of life be the winner? I don't know. All right, maybe we'll find out here. Here is in the game of life for Kimmy. I made fifty thousand in the stock market today. I had twins. I went to the poor farm. I'm on Millionaire Acres. That's life. The game of life. The game of life. You will learn about life when you play the game of life. What's the revenge part? I don't know. I don't remember that part. You get revenge. Now I'm more interested in on it. On the game of life. So Sounds like it might have been actually more interesting than I remember. Well, so one of our favorite haunts wants to do a game of life game. And you know what? We could live stream that possibly. The game of life. Mm-hmm. We could do sort of like a tattletales thing. Meaning you could have Kimmy section, have me section, right? And whoever else plays. Uh-huh. And you can root for your team. Did they say you went to the poorhouse? I think it did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think it's an outhouse. I think it's a poorhouse. <laughs> you went to the outhouse or you went to the poorhouse. The game of life. Wow. Don't remember playing that one, but I look forward to that adventure. You know, and who- they, I wonder if he, it sounds like, um, which is bringing, ringing a, a bell or two. Like, it sounds like you made choices like either go to college or you just go to straight to work or huh yeah we'll have to investigate that the game of life i assume it's still being sold yeah do we but we don't want a new version do we we want a retro version we want the original version have they changed it uh, they might I have hope they have i don't want the nobody want, knows what the poor house is i want the poor house we gotta have the poor house when we play yeah we, we should we want the poor house and you know what they might have taken the revenge part out I mean, is there oh, a, they can't. But they might have. You know that they might have PC'd this thing. Mm. This could be fun. I want, I want the revenge. I mean, do you got a card you pull out and you know you get to take somebody's money, just grab I it all? No. You get to, you know. I don't know. Well, yeah, this could be good. I like this. This is fun. So, any one of my friends and our friends that's listening that has a haunt that we haunt, you know, we could play this. Uh huh. A game of life. Stream it on YouTube. Could yeah. be fun. Sure. Yeah, there we go. So on this date, Kimmy, Simon and Garfunkel reunited. They had broken up on Saturday Night Live. Give me the year. Those two got back together. Um, Temporary, of course. 1978. 1975, that happened. I'm going to give you the year. You are a sports freak. You tell me who the person is. It was on this date, 1977. Got it? Mm-hmm. 1977. This person tied Babe Ruth's record for hitting three home runs in a single World Series game. This person was the only 
This person was only the second player to achieve this feat. Who is it? Hank Aaron. No. No? We'll leave you three guesses. 1977. Hank Aaron. Eh, number one. Lou Brock. Nope. Last one. Um, can't do it. Reggie Jackson. Oh, forgot all about him. Reggie Jackson. So on this date, Kimmy, the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, begins allowing people to have home satellite earth stations without a federal government license. Meaning, you could have a big, and they were big, sometimes 20 feet in diameter, satellite dish in your backyard. Those original ones were remote controlled and could only pick up HBO signals from one or two satellites. Originally... The receivers were made of solid fiberglass with embedded metal coating, and the early dishes could cost, and did cost, more than five grand. but typically it cost as much as $10,000 to have your own satellite dish in the backyard. Kimmy, give me the year this was allowed. 1980? 1979. Ooh. So we'll give you that. Did anybody that you know of no. in that time frame, any freak that you were related to, did they invest in that technology? Mm-mm. It was on this date. Give me the year. Hansen sang the national anthem at the opening game of the World Series. 1990? 1997. It was on this date, 2006. Microsoft released Internet Explorer 7.0. Moving over to birthdays. Bobby Troop. You're probably going to go, who on earth is that? But you see Bobby Troop all the time, Kimmy. You do. Oh, he was born on this date, passed away in 1999 at the age of 80. He was an actor, a jazz pianist, a singer, and songwriter. He's best known for writing the popular standard Get Your Kicks on Route 66, but his major acting role that you know him for, he played Dr. Joe Early, opposite of his real-life wife, Julie London, on the 1970s TV show Emergency. Oh. You remember him? Uh-huh. All right. Most A lot of people don't realize they were... Married. Uh-huh. And here's the very interesting part, twist part to that. You know who whose show that was, Emergency, right? It was Jack Webb's production. Oh, it was yeah. Jack Webb's show, his creation or co-creation. Well, Jack Webb was married to Julie London. That was her ex-husband. Oh. Kind of weird there, huh? Mm-hmm. Moving over to this one. See if you can identify who this person is having a birthday and then tell me how old they are. He is one of the pioneers of rock and roll music. Big hits such as Maybelline in 1955, Roll Over Beethoven in 1956, Rock and Roll Music in 1957, Johnny B. Good in 1958, a definite influence on members of the Beatles. Who is he? Chuck Berry. How old is Chuck Berry today? He's still with us? How old is Chuck Berry today? 98. He is 90 today. Okay. Actor Klaus Kinski was born on this date, passed away in 1991 at the age of, let's see, 65. You might know him for Nosferatu the Vampire, 1979, the remake of the Nosferatu film from the 1920s. Mm. You ever seen it? Mm. Remake? Okay. George C. Scott, born on this date. Give me the year he passed away, Kimmy. He died, I'll give you a clue, at the age of 71. Um... 1988. He died in 1999. Identified this actor having a birthday. He is no longer with us. He played Frank on the sitcom Everybody Loves Raymond. 
and the monster in Mel Brooks' film Young Frankenstein in 1974, and also, uh, let's see, was on X-Files, an episode. Oh, yeah. Ugh, he won an name? Emmy for that 1996 guest-starring role, too, what on X-Files. Name? I can't do his name. You cannot. And I he can also, see him. He also appeared in The Shadow with Alec Baldwin. Give me a clue. How could I give you first a First name. I give you the first name you're going to go... All right, Peter. Can't do it. Boyle. Boyle. Passed away what year? 2009. Close 2006. Identify who this birthday person is and how old they are today. She's a model, but known for her television role as Mary Ann Summers on Gilligan's Island. Tell me who that is and how old she is today. Oh, um, Don Wells. Correct. 71? 78 today. That's just amazing. She looks great. You, uh, Kimmy and I met her earlier this year. If you have an opportunity to meet Don Wells, you will want to take that opportunity. By the way, you can catch her. She does uh, current updates on Me TV. Uh-huh. Next one, Sports World. You should know who he is. Mike Ditka. You know who that is? Of course. All right. Having a birthday today. How old is Mike Ditka? 75. He is 77. Identify this actress having a birthday. Tell me how old she is. Best known for her lead television sitcom roles as Mindy McConnell on Mork and Mindy from 1978 to 1982 and Samantha Russell in My Sister Sam from 1986 to 1988. Who is that and how old is she? Pam Dauber. Yeah. Um, 59. Pam Dauber would give you a big hug, Kimmy. She's 65 today. Okay. Martina Navratilova, having a birthday today. Tennis player. How old is she? 68. She is 60 today. Thomas Hitman Hearns, boxer. Age 58 today. Actor Jean-Claude Van Damme, having a birthday. How old? Mm, 65. Ew. Well, 56 today. Identify... How old this person is, and tell me who this birthday person is, best known for playing Joni Cunningham on a certain sitcom. Aaron Moran. Yes, what sitcom? Happy Days. And what spinoff? Joni Loves Chachi. Oh, yes. How old is Aaron Moran today? 60. She is 56 today. Okay. And did you watch Joni Loves Chachi? Mm -mm. Never watched that, but mm -mm. you did watch Happy Days. I was exposed to that, yes. Okay. That's right. You liked Fonzie. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. You loved Fonzie. No, I did not. I want to find a Ever. I hope I can find at one of our upcoming collectible shows we go to, um, not in because I don't want to pay, you know, a lot for this. I want like it does not have to be mint, but I want to find a Fonzie Mego figure for no. you. No. Hey, I think it'd be funny. I'll melt him. No, you you will not do that. We do not harm toys. That is prohibited. That's that's bad. Never melt a toy. A toy can be given to a child. Didn't you pay attention to the misfit toys on the island? I hate toys. No, you don't. Not that one. No, you don't hate I toys. But yeah, I was you, thinking of the character saying that. Well, yes. That's but, the wrong. But it's from the same company that made those. Yeah. Oh, boy. No, the misfit toys. Yeah. Is Rudolph. Yeah. That's where Rudolph. That, that's from. Don't you remember the... You've got to be nice to toys. Right. They have a tough enough life as it is. There's mm -hmm. a child out there who will love them. Do not melt a toy, Kimmy. No. 
Shame on the you. The Hate Toys guy is from uh, Chris Kringle. Very good. It's done by Paul Freeze. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving over. Santa to- Claus is coming to town, right? Yes, or it's the year without Santa Claus. It's one of those Something two. Something like that. It's one of those two. I, uh, I think it is Santa Claus is coming to town. That's one where Mickey Rooney plays uh, the voice of Santa, if I remember mm. correctly. Paul Freeze is the voice of the Burgermeister that Kimmy's talking about. I hate toys. And they hate me. And they hate me. <laughs> Guess what? We're going to be watching that real soon. Is that getting to that time of year? Uh-huh. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Before you know it. That's right. Get ready to get your hoe on. It's going to be ho, ho, ho time. All right. Moving over to notable deaths. Walt Kelly passed away on this date in 1973 at the age of 60. He's an American animator and cartoonist best known for the comic strip Pogo. Julie London, who we just talked about, passed away at the age of 74 in 2000, the day her husband would have been 82 She's singer and actress, best known for that 1970s TV show Emergency from 72 to 79, playing Nurse Dixie McCall, co-starring with real-life husband Bobby Troop, who we just talked about with birthdays. Moving over to this notable who passed away on this date in history, see if we can identify who this is, Kimmy. He developed many devices that greatly influenced life around the world, including the phonograph, the motion picture camera, and the long-lasting practical electric light bulb, who is that person who passed away on this date. Thomas Edison? That is correct. Now, Kimmy, we're going to give you a second or two to think about this one. Was he alive in the 20th century to see his inventions flourish? That is your question. You think about it. We have just a moment or two here. Allow us to do a little uh, tribute to Thomas Edison as Kimmy thinks that answer. Was he alive? In the 20th century, to see his creations come to be in great use. Eighteen eighty-six. America saw two miracles that year. One was the Statue of Liberty, which France sent us for our hundredth birthday. The other was the electric light, a young inventor by the name of Edison, installed in the uplifted hand of the Goddess of Liberty. Let us look back into the life of this man of destiny to whom America and the world owe so much. Mr. Walter Hampton plays the role of Thomas Alva Edison. In his dim-lit laboratory stands the genius Thomas Edison. He's in his early 30s, permanently deaf as a result of a beating received when a small boy. His assistant, John Croisey, enters the laboratory as Edison busily tinkers with a curious-looking machine. What is it you are working on now, Mr. Edison? Just a minute, uh, John. Mm. Mm, let me In boil over a room. Little cube. Parchment diaphragm. A steel needle. Curious-looking, isn't it? I think I've got it, though, this time. What in heaven's name is it, Mr. Edison? I can't hear you. I'm not looking at you, John. But, uh... If you want to know what it is, I'll tell you. It's something I've been working on in secret for a long time. It's a small prison. Prison? That's right. For locking up the human voice and preserving it for posterity. I don't get you, sir. Go on. Tell me this is impractical, too. This is a little device that's going to talk. Oh, 
But such a thing is not practical, sir. A table can't talk. There are lots of things you don't believe possible, John. You know, for instance, that in this chair here is enough energy to run a whole factory. Can you tell me what makes the little animal called man go round, eh? What's the secret of life? Who knows it, Crazy? You? Me? No one. That's why it's so fascinating. Do you realize what it will mean to the world if we can capture the human voice and keep it in a little box and have it talk whenever we want it to? Do you realize what that will mean? Don't think anything is impossible, Croizer. Now, just one more tightening of this little bolt. There, I'm ready, John. Watch me. I turn this little shaft here, and I talk. Mary had a little lamb. Its fleece was white as snow, and everywhere that Mary went, that lamb was sure to go. Now, let's see whether all my effort has gone for naught. I turn the shaft backward to the starting point, adjust the tube, and once more turn the handle. I guess you're right, Croisy. It's impractical. I guess you can't harness sound. Oh, but, Mr. Edison, it does work. I heard it. Just what you said into it. The same words, the same things. It talks. You, you are not lying to me, Croisy. Oh. I heard nothing. Oh, no, Mr. Edison. I would never lie to you. You really heard it? The same words? Yes, sir, the same words. How do I sound, John? Oh, wonderful, sir. That machine is a success. The most amazing, the most wonderful thing that has ever been created, sir. Ah, no, crazy. More amazing and wonderful is the thing God created. Man. Immortal Thomas Edison, the deaf man who made a machine talk. The genius who gave the world light. The wizard who performed incredible miracles. Thomas Edison, whose dreams have profoundly affected the destiny of the world. All right, Kimmy, you had a little bit of time to think about that. And by the way, that right there shows you just how important, how magical that creation was. So, Kimmy, give me... The answer, was Thomas Edison alive in the 20th or in the 20th century to see his inventions come to major use? I'd say yeah. Yes, he was. He passed away in 1931, 
October 18, 1931, at the age of 84. And upon his death, or close to his death, he was creating the death machine to be able to communicate with the dead. Hmm. And I believe that device is kept at one of Edison's museums. Wow. Don't know if they've attempted to fire it up or not. Hmm. So, very good. That uh, piece we had there was from 1936 going into 1937, a tribute to Thomas Edison. And I thought, since it is Edison's mark of his passing, we go to another tribute that was done. This one is more on his life, and it's a longer piece. And a production, it's a golden age of radio production from 1937. It's called Thomas Edison, The Man. And what's really kind of interesting with it, it focuses on some things that are not uh, common knowledge about uh, his creations and some of the, the works of Edison. Please be kind to it because sometimes, you know, history can take a relook at individuals and they don't look like they did when certain things were done back in the 30s or the 40s or 50s. Some really do not like Edison because of the way his creative process was done. Others uh, give it a pass. Others say that you know others are being negative upon the person, but there's no uh, there's no question that his creations, his inventions, did influence the world, and we still use them today. Or things that have spun off of them. There wouldn't be an MP3 player probably without uh, Thomas Edison, and uh, you know we record this show because of ways of things he created. Mm-hmm. So we're paying tribute to Thomas Edison going back to 1937. Here is. Thomas Edison, the man on the Riley and Kimmy show. the DuPont Cavalcade does not seek to retell the facts you already know about Edison the inventor, but rather to relate several little-known episodes in the life of Edison the man. The material used is mostly new and unrecorded. Much of it has been gathered by personal interviews with people who worked with Mr. Edison. In 1898, Edison, 51 years old, was perfecting a process to reduce low-grade iron ore on a scale never before attempted. He had built a new type of ore reduction plant in the Ogden Mountains of New Jersey, not far from his manufacturing plant in West Orange. The ore reduction plant was in production and ready to begin operating at full capacity. One afternoon, the plant manager, Walter S. Mallory, bursts into Edison's private office in West Orange. Mr. Edison? Mr. Edison. Confounded, Mallory. You know I don't like to be interrupted. But this is important. Well, what is it? About the ore reduction plant. Nothing's happened to it? No, it's it's running all right, but have you much of your own money tied up in it? Nearly everything I've got. Well, I I guess neither of us will get rich on it now. Why not? What's wrong? Well, I hate to tell you, but I can't put it off. Well, spit it out, man. What is it? News from the West. A huge deposit of high-grade iron ore has just been discovered. Where? In the Mesabi Range in Minnesota, lying right on the surface. Of course, it isn't as near the eastern smelters as our plant is. We can ship our product cheaper. Perhaps we can keep right on producing. No, we couldn't meet that price. We're through. What are we going to do? Shut down at once. But all our equipment, the giant rollers, the machinery... We'll have to find some other way of using them. Something that needs crushing and milling. Uh, Something like... uh, uh, Let me think. Uh, uh, Yes, cement. 
But we don't know anything about cement. We will, Mallory. Get me every book you can find on it. I'll study the subject while you wind up the affairs of the oil reduction plant. I don't see why you're so cheerful, sir. Why shouldn't I be cheerful? I'm out of the manufacturing business and back to inventing again. But I thought you had much of your money tied up in the oil reduction plant. Well, it must have cost nearly $3 million. It did. A fortune. Yes, but Mallory. Yes? We had a lot of fun while it lasted. And there's still the cement business. Edison was never discouraged. Obstacles that would have appalled an ordinary man only stimulated him to greater effort. His study of the Portland cement business convinced him that the method then used in the industry was inefficient and wasteful. Too much of the heat used in burning the lime went up the chimney. Edison announced that he would use a kiln nearly twice as long as the one in general use. Impossible, cried all the experts. But he set up an experimental plant and put Mallory in charge of it. The first results were very disappointing. One hot summer day, Mallory calls at Edison's office. You wanted to see me, Mr. Edison? Yes, I did. Look here, Mallory. You know anything about alkalis as electric agents? I know. And what's that got to do with making Portland cement? Nothing. I'm trying to make a storage battery. With that junk you've got there? That isn't junk. Experimental apparatus. <laughs> Looks like a lot of dirty tumblers to me. They're full of my new alkali solution. They're the last tumblers I've got in the place. This is the last of a long series of experiments in a hunt for an iron derivative. Wait till I connect these metal poles with an electric current. Uh, there. Well, nothing happened. Yes, I realize that, Mallory, but I've learned something. You've learned something? Yes. I've found 10,000 things that won't work. I've just discovered another one. <laughs> Look out! Oh! Oh, that's too bad, Mr. Edison. They all fell and broke. What'll you do now? Well, I guess the next thing to do is to buy some more tumblers. Pardon me, sir, but did you ask me to come here from the cement plant on a scorching hot day just to show me this? No. I want you to see the report of the results you're getting in the cement plant. Well, I've seen it. I made out the report myself. It's not bad, is it? Not bad. It's rotten. Well, just because your kiln is two and a half times as long as the old kind, there's no reason to think you can get five times as much cement out of it. I expect five times as much. Your report shows only 500 barrels a day. 500 a day now? Uh, and that's a miracle. It's nothing. is isn't even a decent start. That long kiln ought to be put out a thousand barrels a day. Why, that's impossible. If that's your attitude, no wonder you don't get results. You're licked before you start. Now, look here, Mr. Edison. I've sweat and bled over that blasted kiln for weeks. And that's the best I can do. Well, it isn't good enough. And if you think there's a thousand barrels of cement a day in that kiln, maybe you can get it out yourself. I can. Uh, we'll see about that. I'll answer it. I'll answer it. Hello? Yes? He's right here. It's for you, Mallory. Oh, thanks. Hello? Yes? What? Oh, she is. I, I see. Yes. Yes. Goodbye. What's the matter, Mallory? My little girl, Charlotte. She's worse. Well, what's wrong? Necrosis has set in, and the kneecaps you hurt. The doctor said this terrific heat is making it worse. The temperature in her room is 97. I'm afraid there's nothing we can do but pray heaven she lives through this heat wave. Uh, we, uh, we must end the heat wave. <laughs> <laughs> 
weather reports say there'll be several days of it. Oh, hang the weather reports. We don't have to worry about the weather in the whole state of New Jersey. All we care about is the weather in your daughter's room. Well, I guess that's my worry, sir. You have troubles enough of your own. Now, uh, about that cement kiln, uh, if you really think that... No, never mind that, never mind that. There's another invention I've got to make right away. Well, then, if you don't mind, Mr. Edison, I'd like to go home. Of course, I'd, I'd like to go with you. You're very kind, Mr. Edison, but I don't want to take you from important work, sir. The important work I've got to do right now is something for your little girl. I don't understand. Come over here to the drawing board. Hey there, Professor. Yes, Mr. Edison? Ought to be clean paper on my drawing board. Well, I put some there an hour ago, sir. I can't imagine what's become of it. I can. It's become a cement plant. Oh, I'll get some clean paper right away, sir. Does it still amuse you to be your own draftsman, Mr. Edison? What's amusement got to do with it? It saves time. Instead of telling a man, I'd rather show him my ideas on paper. Anyway, it gives my hands something to do while I'm thinking. I never waste time making finished drawings. I just make sketches. How do you find draftsmen who can translate them? I don't find them. They find me. Well, here's a paper, sir. Good. Now, file these sheets I've used under cement. Under cement? Oh, yes, cement. In the file, you mean. Right away, sir. Now, Mallory, let's take a quick look at what's in my mind. We've got to change the weather. In that room where your daughter Charlotte is. And let's see now. Yes. We ought to start like this. Well, I... Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Just watch. Edison completed his sketches on the drawing board. Then he sent Mallory to the carpenter shop with the drawings and with special orders that all other work should be dropped until the machine he had sketched was finished. An hour later, Mallory and one of the carpenters loaded a strange-looking wooden box on an automobile and started for Mallory's house. Outside Charlotte's hot, stuffy room, Mrs. Mallory meets her husband. Walter, won't you stop that noise? Charlotte is... she's... Oh, Walter, why didn't you come right away when I telephoned you? Well, I, I couldn't, dear. You see, Mr. Edison... Mr. Edison. Mr. Edison. He's always wanting you to do something. Now, wait, dear. Mr. Edison has just made this for Charlotte and for us. That big wooden box. But, Walter, we can't have that in Charlotte's room. Oh, and what's the use of it? She's speaking, Walter. The heat. I know, dear. But just let us bring it in and install it. Install it? What do you mean? Open the door to Charlotte's room, dear. I'll show you. If it works. If it works? Oh, Walter. Our little girl is worse. She, she's thinking and... And you want to experiment. Yes, dear, but I think it will help. Now, if you'll just trust in me and open the door. Very well. Please, Mrs. Mallory, the room must be quiet. But Mr. Mallory is here. It was an idea of Mr. Edison's. I don't know what the doctor would say, I'm sure. Now, hold the door wide open, nurse, please. I, I think we can just get through with this box. Pardon me, Mr. Nellery. I don't think the doctor would like you to bring that thing into the room. It's all right, nurse. Now, stand aside while we carry the box over to the window, please. Walter, do you have to do this? Yes, dear, I do. I have a feeling that Mr. Edison has solved our problem. Oh, but, Walter, our problem is Charlotte. I realize that, my dear. Uh, put it down easy now, Simmons. Yes, sir. No noise, please. Yes, Miss Ryan. Ah, there. Yeah, that's got it. 
Now, help me fix those wooden legs for the box. Mr. Mallory, please. That big box just out the windowsill there, it, it shuts off the air from the window, sir. What air there is. Yes, nurse. That's what it's meant to do. But, Mr. Mallory, that's the whole trouble. Trying to let Charlotte have as much air as we can. Yes, nurse. Now, if you'll just stand back, please. You got that other leg fixed yet, Simon? Oh, wait, no. Uh, hold it. Hold it. Yes, yes, there it is. The box is steady now, but I'll have to drive in a few nails to make sure the whole thing is firm. Oh, you can't do that. Not in this room. The doctor said Charlotte must be protected from noise. Oh, Walter, don't let him do it, please. My dear, you must let us go ahead with this thing. It, it may help Charlotte, and it's our only chance. Please, Mr. Mallory, we can't have any noise in the room. Simmons, go ahead with the nails. Don't make any more noise than's necessary. I won't, sir. Oh, Walter, why must you do this? I just told you, my dear. We're trying an experiment. Uh, Edison thinks it will work, and I do, too. There you are, sir. All right, Simmons. Now, let's get that cake of ice. Walter, are you mad? No, dear. Will you please just trust in me? Yes. Yes, of course I will. All right, then. Wait until I fix this thing in. How's that, son? Uh, Is the box steady now? Well, it's as steady as I can make it, Mr. Mallory, without without making too much noise. All right, then. Come and help me. Yes, sir. Mrs. Mallory. Now, yes, don't be alarmed. I know my husband is trying this experiment for Charlotte's good. It's one of Mr. Edison's ideas, you know. Yes, Mrs. Mallory, I know. But I don't know what the doctor would say. Well, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Yes, I suppose so. But I won't be responsible. Easy now, Simmons. All right, now. Lift it up. Up into the box. Yes, sir. Don't make any more noise than you can help when you put it down now. Look out for your fingers. All right. All right, now. Here we go. There. That's it. Now then, you wire up the electric fan while I close the other windows. Oh, Mr. Mallory, please, don't close the other windows, sir. Your daughter needs all the air she can get. Yes, nurse, I know that. What I'm doing is for the best. There, now. Now, this one. Mr. Mallory, pardon me, sir, but I must protest. I cannot allow you to leave those windows shut. Don't worry, nurse. It's all a part of our experiment. Now, I'm just going to close this window a bit. Stop with the one that box is sitting in. I'm going to leave it open about uh, this much. There. Now, that's about right. Oh, Walter, you can't do this. You're shutting out all the air. Please, dear, now, just a moment. How about it, Simmons? Fan running? Uh, it will be, sir, when I turn it on. All right. There we are. Wait now. Let's see what happens. I want to watch this thermometer. Walter, is that cool air I feel? Yes, I... I think it is. But we'll have to wait and see. Well, Mr. Mallory, the room is cooler. There's a draft of cold air blowing in from the window. I can feel it. So can I. But I want to see if this thermometer will go down. Wait. Why, she's rousing. Charlotte is stirring. I never expected she would. But, Walter, I don't understand. See, dear? The fan draws the air into the room, and the ice cools it. It's just a makeshift device, but at least it will keep the room cooler than outside. And that ought to help Charlotte get well. Edison's crude air-cooling device helped bring Mallory's daughter out of danger, but it was another matter to get her well again. She did not rally, 
Her convalescence was discouragingly slow. When Edison heard this, he paid Charlotte a visit. In the hall outside of her room, Edison and Mallory meet the doctor. Well, doctor, how's your patient today, doctor? About the same, Mr. Edison. I must say the delay in her recovery is disheartening. Is there anything I can possibly do? No, Mr. Mallory, I'm afraid not. Don't you know of anything that would do her any good? Oh, yes. A change of scene would do wonders for her. Just the kind of a tonic she needs. She's too weak. I don't dare risk moving her. Is there any medical tonic that will do the work? I'm giving her what I can, but it isn't entirely a matter of medicines. It's a matter of cooperation from her own tired little body. She needs normal acceleration of the glands and impulses. A natural quickening of the nervous system that would come from the stimulus she'd get from new surroundings. But you say she can't be moved. Yes, that unfortunately is our dilemma. Well, there must be some way out. Well, if there is, Mr. Edison, I'm sure you could find it. Doctor, I've invented a slight improvement for my window box. You mind if I experiment with it? Go right ahead, Mr. Edison. I believe Charlotte can bear the noise now. I won't make any noise. My improvement is chemical, not physical, Doctor. We leave the physical improvement to Charlotte. Very well. Uh, will you excuse me? I have several other calls to make. Then I'll be back. Well, of course, Doctor. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye, Doctor. Well, Mr. Edison, Charlotte will be glad to see you. We could only get her happy and well again, Mallory. How's Mrs. Mallory bearing up? Well, she's resting. We'll find a nurse in charge. If you don't mind, I'll go in first. Right ahead. Is that you, Daddy? Yes, Lottie, and... I brought your best bow with me. Is Mr. Edison here? Oh, I'm so glad. Hello, Charlotte. Doctor tells me you ought to take a trip somewhere. Make you strong and well again. Oh, I do wish so I could, but they won't let me. <laughs> well, how would you like to go on a trip with me? Just a little trip, sort of a picnic. Oh, I'd love to. Please don't excite her, Mr. Edison. Nurse, the doctor said she needed some natural stimulation. Yes, but not the depression that comes from disappointment. The nurse is right, Mr. Edison. Well, perhaps Charlotte won't be disappointed. Yes, but there's a risk. With more to gain than to lose. But if I haven't your permission, then of course I won't try my idea. Well, no, go ahead if you think it's all right. I have perfect confidence in you, sir. But, Mr. Mallory... I'll take the responsibility, nurse. Mr. Edison has an improvement on his window airbox he wants to try. If he helps, Charlotte. Very well. But if I see any bad effects from it on the patient, you'll have to stop at once. Of course. When do you think I could go on a picnic with you, Mr. Edison? <laughs> Don't you think the best thing about a picnic is the fun of knowing you're outdoors under the trees with the cool air blowing over fields of fresh clover and flowers? Yes. Oh, when can we go? Why, I think we can go right now. Now? Why, they won't let me leave this room. Not even this bed. We won't let that stop us from having fun. If we can't go out to the picnic, we'll bring the picnic in here. But it won't be the same. It'll be even better. You can have your choice for your picnic today. Where'll it be? Under some shade trees at the edge of a field with a brook? On a sandy beach down by the seashore? Or on the side of a mountain with a fine view and tall pine trees all around? Oh, the mountains. With the wind going through the pines and making sort of music. All right, then. The mountains it is. Excuse me, Mallory. Let me at that window box. Why, of course. Look, nurse. Look how her eyes are brightened. Her pulse is quickened, too. You must be careful. A serious reaction might hurt her. How can you bring the mountains in here, Mr. Edison? The trees I want are much too high for in here. Well, we'll see what we can do, Charlotte. Just pretend? Well, a little more than that. Try now. Can you close your eyes and imagine big, tall pine trees? Why, I can almost smell them. <laughs> That's funny. 
I could swear I smell food. Now we'll get the fire started to cook supper with. I smell something burning. Of course you do, nurse. That's the fine dry wood Charlotte and I have gathered for our picnic fire. <laughs> you make it all seem so real. I can smell the smoke and the old dead leaves and pine trees. I know I can. It's just exactly like it. Are you any good with a frying pan, Mr. Edison? No, no. I always start experimenting with whatever's in it and spoil it. <laughs> well, I can cook. You'd better let me do it. All right. Say, I smell the woods. Hmm, it's wonderful. Well, I'm a practical woman myself, but either I smell the woods too or else you're a spellbinder, Mr. Edison. Ought to be tried witchcraft. <laughs> they used to call him the wizard of Menlo Park. There's no magic in this. It's just chemistry. Well, all chemistry's magic to me. Most of the smells in nature can be duplicated in a chemical laboratory. But this isn't a laboratory. I got several little bottles here. I brought them with me. Each has a picnic in it. Oh, goody, more picnics. Oh, I see, Mr. Edison. You just pour some fluid in front of the pan in the window box, and it fills the room with the same air you smell in the woods or the seashore or wherever you want to be. Exactly. Well, it's just like the real thing, except for the scenery. And the ants. <laughs> Mr. Edison, what shall I do with this lime juice I've got to taste? We'll squeeze it over that fine, fresh trout after you've cooked it. Mm, that'll taste good. Yes, at least the limes are real. And so is the improvement in Charlotte. Your experiment has been a great success, Mr. Edison. You have a great mind, Mr. Edison. But... It isn't half as great as his heart, nurse. It wasn't his genius that did this. It was his love. Aided by Mr. Edison's cooling contrivance and by his chemical picnics, Charlotte Mallory recovered from her illness. She grew up to be a fine young lady, one of the hundreds who knew Edison personally, who admired and respected and loved him. One of the greatest tributes to his memory is the Thomas Alva Edison Foundation, established to aid worthy students by those who knew and worked with him. The whole world has honored Edison for his inventive genius. This evening, we are proud to salute Thomas Alva Edison, the man as DuPont adds his name to the cavalcade of America. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website, at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy show.
find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy show at RileyandKimmy.com.